We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back, everybody, to Hour 3 of the Joe O Show. I am not Joe O, however. Hubbard is sitting in for Joe Ostrowski this evening. Uh, Joe will be back with you in his regular time slot, just getting the night off this evening. We're going to be taking your phone calls for the next hour at 312-644-6767. The topic is yours. The questions and comments are yours. Uh, Obviously, we're focused a little bit right now on the Chicago Bears, the NFL playoffs, the NFL Conference Championship games coming this Sunday. Going to get a little more in-depth on those as we move forward. You can call at 312-644-6767. You can also text at 312-644-6767. That will put you uh, in the tech zone, brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time, shop online at rosenhyundai.com. And and I just want to get to one text real quick, and then we're going out to New Jersey to welcome Adam into the show. But uh, doesn't it become, this is from the 847 area code, doesn't it become problematic when you start incentivizing hiring minority candidates? Why? what would be problematic about that? I mean, I, I think it's an excellent idea. I think it, 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 there clearly is an imbalance in the National Football League. Uh, there clearly are highly qualified front office and coaching candidates who are not getting advanced at the same rate that non-minority candidates are. And what's wrong with incentivizing teams to do that? I, I mean, to me, that's a win-win. So um, if you agree with the text or either call me or text me and let me know what I'm missing, but no, I don't think it becomes problematic at all incentivizing minority hiring. And with that, let's head out to Seaside, New Jersey and welcome Adam into the program. Adam, how you doing? Good. How you doing? Uh, real quick, just, uh, I'm going to get to my point real quick here. That's what the guy told me to do. So, uh, uh, you know, I think we, I think that we see what we see what we're getting with Mitch. Okay, I don't think we're going to get much more out of him. I think they milked that tank, but you're going to have to let him play next year. The Jets call and want to move Darnold. You answering? You, you answering him back? I mean, I don't know. It's a tough question. I, I think you get more out of Darnold. That, that, that's my that's my quick question. Just hoping for a nice answer from you there. Well, Adam, um, I, I you know, I liked Sam Darnold at the end of last season. I, I actually. Uh, in my sideline work for Westwood one did his game in December. And I'm trying to remember it was either against the Texans or the Titans. Uh, but I came away very impressed with what I saw of Darnold. Now, obviously uh, he took a big step back this year. I don't know how much of that is because of Adam Gase's failures as a head coach, which, which, you know, clearly existed and have something to do with it. Uh, but I think Darnold continues to be an interesting prospect. I think you have to be concerned uh, about the lack of development, you know, after three years. But, but the answer is, yeah, you take the call. Um, because, you know, what you have to kind of decide is at 20, if you can afford to use that pick on a quarterback, which I don't think you can because I don't think there's going to be 
a NFL franchise quarterback prospect still sitting there at 20, and you have huge needs at left tackle. Uh, you have you know needs at both tackles. Uh, you certainly need uh, help at wide receiver. You need a number one receiver if Allen Robinson isn't re-signed. Uh, Tayshawn Gibson, Deion Bush, and DeAndre Houston Carson are all free agents this year, so uh, I'd love to see him re-sign. Tayshawn Gibson thought he earned that, but if not, you need a starting safety. Um, uh, Jermaine Effetti is a free agent. Roy Robertson Harris is a free agent. Um, you know, you've got both uh, uh, Cairo Santos and Patrick O'Donnell are free agents. Uh, there's a lot of places you have to shore up, and and you're over the cap. You can only do so much of that in free agency. Um, so I, I think that if there is a an attractive trade possibility that that includes Sam Darnold, that that yes, you take that call, and and you and you give it a serious listen. Now I do not give up a first round pick for Darnold. I'm not sure I give up a second round pick because I don't care that he was the, I believe third overall pick in the draft. The Jets are dealing him three years later. Um, but if I could get Sam Darnold for maybe a couple of threes, you know, a three and a four, uh, maybe maybe a three and a player who's not one of my stars, uh, then I would take a real hard look at that deal. Um, as I was talking with uh, with J.J. Stankovitz a little while ago, um, you know, I think a lot of us on the beat, on the Bears beat, agreed as Mitch was playing much better uh, weeks 14, 15, 16 after they adjusted the offense to take advantage of his you know best traits, that that it might very well be worth trying to work out a one or two year prove it deal with him and bringing him back and sticking with that offense as they adjusted it coming out of the bye. The problem with that is that you had the exact same outcome in the finale against the Packers. Uh, and then you had an awful offensive performance against the Saints in the wildcard game. Although in all fairness, I don't think that was Trubisky's fault. Uh, you know, I mean, he threw a couple of beautiful balls. That, that The ball that Wims drops in the end zone is about as perfect as you can throw it. And it might very well change. It certainly changes the trajectory of the game. And and, and I don't know. I, I don't think it would have changed the outcome. The Saints were the better team, but who knows? Uh, still, I can't escape the feeling that that Mitch, that, that Matt Nagy has done with Mitch. I mean, that, that's the sense that most of us around the team have got. So I just don't think he's going to be back. And, and so... Uh, I hope they do draft a quarterback to develop. I just don't think it's going to be a top prospect. And that's why if a Sam Darnold, if a Matt Stafford or Matt Ryan, if, if a Marcus Mariota, if any of those players are available via trade, I think that the Bears absolutely have to be listening and trying to figure out which one would allow them to make the most advantageous deal. So, uh, Adam, thank you for the phone call. Let's go to Glenview and welcome Rich into the program. Rich, how you doing? Coke, please. Hey, um, how you hey. doing? I'm good, thanks. Uh, I'll give you short. You know, considering the fact that I go to like three or four Bear games a year normally, I'm not seeing take over, but we support a team. But with COVID, I'm talking to my friends, people who go with me, uh, you know what? Maybe we're not going to go next year. Just after that press conference, maybe the, you know, if it gets where we're playing the way we did with that losing streak, you think, you, I mean, the only power we have is to use our wallets and not, and not, not pay – all you know, the ticket prices just not go. So anything McCaskey's pay attention for. I just wanted to hear your answer. Well, Rich, it's certainly an individual choice. Uh, you know, and, and I would understand why you would consider that. Do I think it's going to make a dent? No. 
Um, last I checked, the Bears had something like 14,000 names on a waiting list for season tickets. Uh, I shouldn't say last I checked, last I heard. It's not something I do a lot of research on, and that number may be off wildly. But I do know that there's a waiting list. Uh, and um, I don't think the Bears are going to have a hard time selling those tickets. You know, They might have a hard time with the last 1,000, 1,500 um, in given weeks, but, but that's not going to have a dramatic impact on the bottom line. And, and so I think that George McCaskey is listening right now. I mean, he referred to dissatisfied fans in that disaster of a season ending press conference. So I think you already have his attention. Um, and I think it becomes a question of, is it no longer worth it to you, uh, for the, for the price or, or for, the hassle of getting the tickets or for, for, for committing the day to going down there, that that's a different subject. But if you're going to give up something that you enjoy just as a form of protest in, in, in the hope that it catches, you know, the, the McCaskey family's attention, I don't think it's going to matter much. I, I think you already have their attention. Um, the McCaskey family desperately wants to give you the team that you want. That's not the issue. They're not trying to do it on the cheap. That is not the issue. That's just not true. They just may not have the football business sense to get it done. You know, that's the concern. And 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 whether or not fans buy tickets isn't going to impact that if, in fact, it is the biggest determining factor. So I understand where you're coming from, and I think protest is a great thing. Um, but, but you know, you asked me specifically, do I think it'll matter? And my honest answer is no. I, I, I'm just not sure it'll matter all that much because um, as, as tickets become available, there's a ton of folks out there who haven't had the experience who are going to gobble those tickets up, and they're going to have the experience. Uh, it's still the only show in town, and the NFL is still one of the best shows in town. Let's go to Deerfield and get Alex on the air. Alex, how you doing? I'm good, Bob. How you all doing? Good, thank you. Well, I heard you talking about the uh, like the minority pick situation uh, with the NFL. Uh-huh. You know, and I have to admit, like that part of it's like kind of something I don't understand either. I'm just I'm putting that out there that you know I, I agree. I, I feel like there's um, like a bit of uh, like an issue like overall with you know showing um, particular uh, how do I say it? like selecting someone that is. Uh, you know, has certain characteristics, you know, certain attributes and everything. Um, you know, everybody wants that. Like, they want, like, a certain thing about someone. And overall, like, I get that a little bit about compensation, you know, doing, like, something compensa- compensatory or however they've written it here. I'm looking at the NFL website, and I got to admit, that's something that's just it's a little it's a little funny. It's a little funny to offer that, especially to like coaches and to uh, like other executives in the NFL. Uh, it's just, it seems strange. You know, I know that uh, like politically these days, you know, affirmative action has gone away. And I think that, you know, as a country, you know, we're not doing things like based off of people's um, like racial background and like that sort of a thing, like that type of a minority situation, like ethnicity, that kind of stuff, you know, it's still, it's funny business in this country. And I think that we're stepping away from that. And I get surprised about this too, that now the NFL is going that direction, but at the same time, you know, I get it. There's maybe um, what's known as like a disconnect here between like what people want and what people are getting. And that's my comment. Well, Alex, thank you for the phone call. Um, I I've always prided myself on not pretending to know things that I don't know. 
<laughs> so um, I, I don't know if you're correct or not when you say that the country is moving away from affirmative action. I, I, I know that there are debates all the time about you know affirmative action in different industries, different walks of life, and, and, and I think sometimes it's ruled out and sometimes it's supported. Um, and, and I just, I, I don't know, you know, where we're at as a country right now, even as it relates to bigotry and racism. I mean, we know what we're coming through, uh, with the, the, the election in the last four years under Donald Trump and, 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 you know, people have their opinions. Uh, I, I do my best to, to avoid any kind of political comments because hey, that's not what we're talking about here. Um, uh, and, and, and it just, it, it's guaranteed to alienate one side or the other, but I, I just, I don't, I can't imagine that anybody is going to debate that, that, that racism has been on the rise in this country and, and encouraged, uh, you know, by Trump over the last four years or so. Um, but I, I don't know where we're at as a country relative to, to affirmative action and, and, and to, you know, compensatory awards, uh, for, for teams that make, or for, you know, businesses and employees that make positive steps, uh, in, in the area, uh, of offering equal opportunity to minorities. I do know that that equal opportunity is supposed to be what this country stands for. It's supposed to be who we are. I certainly hope that is still who we are. And, and, and there is a problem in the NFL and so I, I, they have to do something to, to fix the problem, you know, and, and, and if that's compensating whoever they have to compensate to make the problem go away or to at least improve the odds of minorities being treated fairly in these job searches, then that's something that I'm all for, you know, and, and other than that, I don't know that I have a lot to, to add to it. Uh, we need to take a quick break here. We're going to get to Johnny out in Madison. Tom's up in Lake Zurich. Uh, you guys are next. We have to take a very quick commercial break, so stay right where you're at. Back in just a moment on the BetQL listener line right here at 670 The Score. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hi, everybody. Hubbard is in for Joe Ostrowski on the Joe O Show tonight. Joe will be back in his regular slot, I believe, tomorrow. I don't know if this Bulls basketball or not. Uh, just getting a night off, and I'm just filling some space for him. We're taking your phone calls on the BetQL listener line at 312-644-6767. I am broadcasting live from the Hyundai studios, um, and we're going to get right back to the phones. Again, 312-644-6767. I got a couple wild texts here in the text zone that gets back to some of this minority hiring stuff, but we'll save that because the texts aren't going anywhere. Don't want to keep you guys on hold on the phones too long. Johnny is up in Madison. Johnny, how you doing? Hi, uh, Chicago's really making it hard, and Rodgers is making it hard not to be a Packers fan out here, but I'm staying loyal. <laughs> hey, I, I just got a few quick questions, and feel free to answer what you can. I got a lot because I'm way out here. Uh, but uh, my first question is, is Garoppolo, is he done? No. Why would he be done? Well, it, it doesn't seem like he's staying in favor in San Francisco, and there's rumors of him being cut. And is he a possibility? Could he be a possibility for the Bears? Yeah, I mean, he's been injury-prone is, is the problem, and he was banged up a good part of the year. I can't imagine he'd be cut. That doesn't make any sense. There, there have been reports that the Niners might try, be willing to trade him. Um, but, but it, it, I mean, he's got, a, he's got a big contract. They did re-sign him. Uh, there would be some dead cap pain on the front end. Uh, but, no, I don't think there's any chance that Garoppolo will be cut. Uh, but there are reports that the 49ers would entertain trade offers. Okay, and w- what is the legitimacy to the Singletary rumors? Well, um, it's being reported in multiple spots that, that the Bears did either grant him an interview or at least have a conversation um, but it is not clear as to whether it was the Bears who reached out to Mike or Mike who reached out to the Bears. The indication I have is, is that Mike may have reached out to the Bears and out of respect, which he certainly is entitled to, that they had a conversation, um, but I find it hard to believe that he's a legitimate candidate. Great. Hub, thanks for your time, and if you could, if you get a chance later, maybe you name your top three candidates to replace Trubinsky in the uh, with the Bears. Thank you. Abs- yeah, I will absolutely do that, Johnny, and thank you for the call. I do appreciate it. Uh, let's get to Lake Zurich, which is not far from where I'm living these days. As a matter of fact, right around the corner. Tom is on the line in Lake Zurich. Tom, how you doing? I'm, I'm better. Uh, it's a pleasure to chat with you. Appreciate your deep intellect, experience, and knowledge. Um, thank you. I'll get to the point. I, I think my biggest issue, I can appreciate unintelligence. I can even... What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, forgive incompetency, but I can't handle liars. And and Ted Phillips is driving the clown car in, in that press conference three or four times. Well, I don't have anything to do with the football operations. He talks out of both sides of his mouth in the conference. In the press conference, he speaks of you know football related decisions, on field things. Um, he's the wrong guy. And and uh, we even had what you're, you're you know better than I. Jim Thinks was the last kind of real football guy uh, that ran the Bears. Uh, Phillips is the problem, in my opinion. And and as soon as he moves, I know he's good with the cap and, and he's a good CPA and all that, but at the end of the day, guys like that, 
who he's got a track record just like Pace and Navy does, right? It's it's a failure. It's mm-hmm. time to move on from him. I don't know. What are your thoughts? That's it. Well, Tom, uh, first of all, and I, and I don't mean to nitpick this, but I, I, I'm assuming you'll be interested in this. Actually, uh, you know, Bill Tobin followed Jim Finks and Mark Hatley followed Bill Tobin and Jerry Angelo followed Mark Hatley. And they were all solid, legitimate football people. Um, really, when Phil Emery was brought in to replace Jerry Angelo, uh, Phil was a longtime scout, but probably not ready uh, for the GM job. And then, of course, Ryan Pace followed him. Uh, as far as your thoughts on, on Ted Phillips, I, I understand your frustration. Um, uh, I, he, he should not be involved in the football side of the operation. He probably never should have been, but was for some time and made more than enough mistakes to disqualify him from making important decisions about the football operation. What I don't know, and you commented you, you can't handle liars, I, I, I don't know if anybody is lying, I, 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 you know, I, I think that, you know, my understanding is that when it comes to football decisions that Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy do not consult uh, Ted Phillips or George McCaskey or anybody else, that, that they get a budget each year, just like everybody else and in every business we know, and that if they're operating within that budget, that they are free to do what they believe they have to do. Now, occasionally, there are potentially controversial situations. I don't think they've ever, you know, considered bringing in Colin Kaepernick. But if they did, I expect that's something that you would have to discuss with management because of the other issues that it would raise beyond the fact of whether or not he'd be the best quarterback or not. That's just one example because it was the easiest and most obvious. Please, let's not get hung up on the Kaepernick situation or go there. Um, and, and so I, I think where things got confusing was when, when, when Ryan Pace or, or Matt Nagy say they talk to Ted Phillips all the time, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I, I mean, you know, they didn't say they talk football. They didn't say they ask him who he likes at left tackle. They just said they talk. You know, they work in the same building. Ted is the president and CEO of the team. This year, with the pandemic and everything that went into playing through it, they needed to be communicating. It was a significantly huge, it was the biggest part of their business this year. And, and that could be everything they were talking about. So I, I think it's the message that, that, that is being delivered so poorly. Um, I've commented several times, and, and I had thought about it, but I didn't get it on the air until a caller mentioned it to me last week. I, said, I think it was Brad, but I can't remember, that, that really Ted Phillips should not have been part of that press conference last week. There was no reason for him to be here. There was no benefit in his being there. And when George McCaskey says that Ryan Pace reports to Ted Phillips, that's because that's how the org chart is set up. And Ted's the president and the CEO. It doesn't mean that he's reporting on football operations or or looking for him to make decisions. It, It means that, you know, when he gets reviewed in his job once a year, he may sit with Ted and George. I wouldn't even do that. I would have that review done by George McCaskey only. Um, But I I don't know if they're lying or just really awful at giving us the message. (laughs) That's the part that I really struggle to get my arms around. But but I I could not agree with you more uh, in the fact that, 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 you know, this confusion is part of the problem. And if, in fact, Ted Phillips is involved in any kind of football decisions, then that's not a good thing because that's not something uh, that that he is qualified to do. 
312-644-6767 is our phone number. Dial me up if you would like to join the conversation. Would certainly love to talk to you and hear what is on your mind. Before we break again, I do want to get into the tech zone uh, brought to you by Rosen Hyundai Valgonquin. Save time, shop online at rosenhyundai.com just to deal with a few of these texts. Um, there, there's one that really ticked me off for its stupidity. So I want to go back to it. Um, here it is. This is from the 779 area code. I don't know where that is, to be honest with you. Not that it's important. But the texter says, um, so sick of hearing about why there are not more black coaches in the NFL. Three-fourths of the players are black. Why is no one bitching that there are not more white players? I guess it won't be okay until the entire league players and coaches is 90% black. You know, it's that kind of ignorance, people, that creates a lot of the problems that we're dealing with these days. Um, You know, the answer to your question is pretty simple. When was the last time you heard of a white player who was as good as a black player getting cut because he wasn't black? I don't think we've ever heard that. You know, it has nothing to do with players, with being people of color. It just turns out that currently 70 or 74 percent or whatever the number is of of football players in in this country uh, who are the best happen to be minorities, you know, and and that's just the way it is. Uh, You know, there's another one here that talks about, um, you know, we hear all the time that here it is. um, uh, I hear a lot about why aren't there more African-American baseball players To me, that sounds like you're working on the assumption that they are better qualified. Maybe Latin Americans are the superior baseball players and there's fewer African-Americans in baseball because they're simply not good enough. Um, That's just the first part. The second part is a different subject. Again, that's not why we talk about it. We talk about it because the percentage of African-American baseball players has dropped significantly over the last two decades or so from where it was prior to, let's say, the turn of the century and certainly in the 70s and 80s. And it clearly is for socioeconomic reasons. It's because of, of where the majority of people of color are growing up in sports that they have access to. Um, uh, you know, the, the cost of equipment, what they train for, what they aspire to be, who their heroes are. Um, uh, and, and it is an issue in baseball. And there's no question that there are athletes who would make outstanding Major League Baseball players um, uh, who are not being advanced as, as minorities. And, and it's more than anything, I think it's been documented for, for socioeconomic reasons. So, so guys, um, you know, let, let's take this for what it is. It, it is a problem of equality that we have in this country that has reached into our professional sports. That's what it's all about. And, and for those of you who have no patience with it, well, fine, then, then, then tune it out or shame on you. Uh, but it is a problem. It, it's not who we are and what we aspire to be. And, and, and the NFL is going to have to find some answers for it. So um, let me get to one other football text here. Uh, Dennis on the South side is a big Ryan Fitzpatrick fan. And uh, what are you guys thinking of the Bears going after him? Uh, also a big fan of yours, Hub. Thank you, Dennis. I didn't realize that when I started reading the text, but thank you for saying that. Um, I, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is, is interesting for the Bears right now. He is 38 years old. He still played at a very high level this year. The people I talk to in Miami tell me that he was overwhelmingly the choice of the guys in that locker room over Tua Tagovailoa, and not because there's anything wrong with Tua, just because of how much they thought of Ryan Fitzpatrick and what he can still do on the football field. 
I believe, uh, you know, we've, we've had a couple different opinions here. Um, uh, talking to J.J. Stankovitz, who's on the Bears beat, does a great job for NBC Sports Chicago. He said he has a great fear that Ryan Pace is going to make another big, expensive deal to move up in the first round and get a top prospect. I disagree strongly. I don't think that's what Ryan is thinking right now. I don't know that he's ruled out a quarterback at 20, depending on who that is. Um, but but I don't see them actually drafting a quarterback in the first round. I think they do it on day two or maybe even on day three to get a young developmental prospect in here and get another veteran to come in and both compete with and either back up or play in front of Nick Foles. So that's where you get to the conversation about who some of the top veteran free agents are out there. Um, it's a short list. It's not a good list. There are no starters, quite frankly. Um, but 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 the best available options right now um, are probably in this order, in my opinion, which also gets back to what my last caller wanted me to talk about. Uh, Tyrod Taylor would probably be my first choice, then Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm not a big Andy Dalton fan, but but you saw, I mean, he can come in and do some things for you, you know, as a veteran in the right scheme. It would have to be a scheme similar to what the Bears designed for Mitch the, late in the season. I don't see Dalton coming in and running the Bears, the, the Matt Nagy scheme, unless they dramatically improve the offensive line. But, but I think that's where the focus has to be right now, not because the Bears don't need to fix the quarterback position. They clearly need to fix the quarterback position. But you got to have the assets to do it, and the timing has to be right. And right now, the stars are not perfectly aligned for the Bears to get that guy. At, at, at 20 in the first round, or possibly in the second round, or the third round, or the fifth round, you got to be lucky. It's happened. You know, Tom Brady came in the sixth. Russell Wilson came in the third. Drew Brees came in the second. You all know that. Um, you know, so you could get lucky. Uh, but I'd hate to base my plan on luck. And so I think that what they have to do is get another qualified veteran to compete with Foles. They need to draft a young developmental guy, but somebody who's clearly not best case going to contribute for a year or two or three. And then they've got to upgrade the other areas of significant weakness on that offense, most importantly left tackle. They've got to have a number one receiver, whether it's re-signing Allen Robinson or finding another one. They've got to have depth at receiver. They've got to have a true number two running back. I had a texter at the beginning of the show, and forgive me for not getting to it sooner, wanted to know what the prognosis is for Tariq Cohn. Uh, The Bears are projecting a full recovery. They say he's doing fine and on schedule. The injury was very early in the season, as was the surgery. So you certainly can hope that Tariq Cohn will be available by training camp or certainly by opening of the 2021 season. Cordero Patterson is a free agent who I would hope that they would bring back, but there's no guarantees that they will. But either Cordero Patterson or Tariq Cohn are third down backs. They are not a true number two running back. So the Bears need another quarterback. They need a starting left tackle. They need a number two running back. They need either a one receiver or even with Robinson, they need depth at the position. Address all those things with whatever space you can clear in free agency and with your draft picks and live to fight another day until you end up in a better position to eventually add the guy that you hope is going to be your franchise quarterback. That would be my plan for this offseason. Guys, 312-644-6767 is the phone number. Rich is in Indiana. John's downtown. Guys, you are up next, and it's going to be just a minute or two. First, this very quick break right here at Chicago's number one rated all-sports radio station, 670 The Score.
Welcome back, guys. Hub Archer sitting in tonight for Joe Ostrowski on the Joe O Show. And my shows always go better when I've got studs behind the wheel keeping the rig on the road. Adam Studzinski is our producer slash engineer tonight doing the outstanding work that he always does, getting our guests lined up, getting them on the air when we are supposed to have them. He is the friendly voice at the other end of the phone. When you dial us up on the BetQL listener line at 312-644-6767. So my thanks as well as all of yours should go out to Adam, and they do. Right now, Adam, let's get back to that BetQL listener line and head to Indiana and welcome Rich into the show. Rich, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Hub? Good, thank you. Hey, um, I've seen a lot, I've heard a lot of information lately about this change in the combine, and I'm wondering how that's going to affect teams and maybe more importantly, how the Bears can take advantage of the differences. I'll hang up and listen for your answer. Thanks. <laughs> you know, Rich, it's, it's funny you put it that way because that's what the league wants you to believe, but it's not a change in the combine. It's a cancellation of the combine. I mean, the bottom line is, is that even though we are all hoping for rapid and dramatic improvement in the in the distribution of vaccines and the rate at which people get vaccinated uh, in the time frame in which we can get this damn virus under control, uh, it isn't going to happen by the end of February or at least not get far enough along. That is obvious, and that is why the combine cannot take place. I mean, you talk about the ultimate super spreader event. You end up with... Uh, 350 or so top prospects you end up with uh you know at least three to five hundred team employees you end up with you know three four five hundred members of the media um uh, and put us all in that convention center in indianapolis and you're asking for trouble and so what the league has done is canceled the combine what they've done though is they've explained in memos how they're going to make up for its cancellation. And so they're talking about adjusting or changing it. I, my hope would be, because I love the combine, that they will go back to a normal situation in February of 22 if we're able to do that. What they've done for now is that all of the workouts will take place at colleges, pro days, and NFL advisors will work with the college coaches and supervisors who run those pro days to try and get the most accurate timing and drill evaluations that they can. All team player interviews will be done virtually via Zoom. There will be uh, in each market various uh, medical uh, operations set up to conduct physicals, and those doctors hopefully will be team affiliated and will know the appropriate way to conduct those physicals. But basically, everything's being done remotely and virtually, and, and there will be no combine this year. And, and, and so um, you do have tape of all of these kids from 2019. You have as much tape as available from as many games who were played by as many players who didn't opt out in 2020. And so I think the teams that had the best head start on the scouting season going into the canceled or delayed or postponed college football season will have a big leg up over everybody else. And then the teams that quickly grasp the way this is being done and find the way to take the best advantage of it will be the ones who, who do the best. But it's going to be a very unusual year, and, and there's going to be a lot more luck involved in the draft than talent uh, as, as compared to prior years. And it's just it's another good reason 
to not be changing, firing, or hiring new GMs this year. I mean, do you want somebody who's never done the job to walk into this situation where they have the, they don't have the advantage of the combine and, and, and they haven't been doing or overseeing all of this scouting work over the last year or two or three? It was a very compelling reason to stay to stand pat, if at all possible, and I'm sure was one of the considerations that, that George McCaskey looked at when he decided to retain Ryan Pace. Let's go uh, downtown and see if John is still with us. John dialed us up from the city. How you doing, John? Good evening, Mr. Hubbardish. Thank you. This unfortunately has somehow become my favorite part of the year. Uh, I'm looking forward to next year and what uh, what possibilities and what players the Bears might bring in. Um, I don't watch much college football, so this also gives me a chance to learn about prospective players. With that said, with the Bears having limited cap space this year, and limited draft capital, what players do you envision are, are most likely to be traded, and what would these players bring back? I'll hang up and listen. Thanks, Hub. Well, I, I assume you're asking what Bears players are most likely, <coughs> excuse me, most likely to be traded. Um, I, I would be hard-pressed to give you a quality list on all 32 teams without doing some prep work on that. Um, but, John, assuming that we're talking about the Chicago Bears, uh, you start with the question that many are asking now, since Allen Robinson has not been re-signed, would the Bears consider or go through with a tag and trade situation where they put the franchise tag on him, knowing that because of their own cap issues, they can't afford to play him under the franchise tag this year, but that possibly by regaining some control over him, they could trade him and get something in return. That is always a risky proposition because there are a number of teams out there who might just call your bluff, say, we know that you're not going to honor that tag. We'll just wait until you're forced to release him. And I think the deadline is June or July uh, where you either have to rescind that tag or, or, or offer the player the tender to sign. And at that point, I believe that Allen Robinson would sign it. But, but there is the possibility if they cannot create the cap space and if they are confident they can find another number one receiver, because they certainly don't have one on the roster. I love Darnell Mooney. I think he's going to be a really good number two. Anthony Miller, if you keep him, still has the ability to be a number two, but you don't know if you're ever going to get that out of him. Um, and other than that, the Bears need to upgrade the position. So you got to keep an eye on what happens with Allen Robinson. Um, other than that, you know, there has to be a market if you're going to trade somebody and, you know, you still have to eat the dead cap money on the contract that you created by trying to make the contract cap favorable. So I don't see the bears as being aggressive in terms of marketing their own players. I'm, I'm trying to think, you know, of who they could get a reasonable return for, um, unfortunately, Cordero Patterson is a free agent. Uh, Tayshawn Gibson is a free agent. Cairo Santos and Patrick O'Donnell are free agents. Jermaine Effetti is a free agent. Roy Robertson Harris is a free agent. Even some of the number twos and threes who made big contributions this year, Barkevius Mingo, Brent Urban, Mario Edwards Jr., they're all free agents. None of those guys who might have some low-round value to another team are tradable. You're, you're not going to risk tagging them because they're going to end up paying them a lot more than they're worth. So as far as the guys with reasonable contracts, um, you know, you eliminate Khalil Mack and, 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 and Robert Quinn because of the pain that comes with those contracts. Those are huge deals uh, that would be very hard for, for somebody to absorb. So, 
you know, could you get a a fifth or sixth round, maybe a seventh round pick for Anthony Miller? Maybe, you know, and I think that's something you would consider if you decide that the lack of maturity and focus and concentration is going to keep him from ever being a significant player. Um, if you believe that you have created some depth and some competition on the interior of the offensive line right now with, with Cody Whitehair and, and Sam Mustafer and, and, and Alex Bars and um, uh, James Daniels coming back. Um, you know, I suppose you could consider dealing one of them. Uh, you wouldn't deal Daniels. I mean, he's got still a really high ceiling. Cody Whitehair is too dependable. You're not going to get much for, for Mustafer or Bars. Um, I, I'm trying, but, but I can't really think of where there, you know, I, I guess a guy you might look at is Eddie Jackson. You, you know, he's got a big contract, um, and he, and he's been an all pro, an all pro player who, who has fallen on some hard times. Somebody might be interested in rehabilitating him, but the most you're going to get back there after the last season is probably the number four you invested in him in the first place. So I think you're better off if you just try and rehabilitate him yourself. Um, so I, I can't find, um, uh, you know, certainly not at tight end. Uh, you know, you're fairly deep in young corners. Uh, you know, you, you maybe between, you know, Kendall Vildor and Duke Shelley, uh, you know. But, but again, you're talking about late draft picks that, that just become gambles that probably aren't going to get you as good a player. So, John, at the end of the day, there could be players around the league the Bears could be interested in trading for but I don't see them having a lot of players that they could deal and get anything back for. Now, when you talk about who they might trade for, I mentioned this earlier. If any of Marcus Mariota, Matt Stafford, Matt Ryan uh, were, were available in a trade, uh, that is something that, that I would take a very hard look at if I was the Bears. I, I don't think the price tags for any of them uh, would be exorbitant. Um, in, in the case of, of Stafford and Ryan, they'd bring contracts that for the first couple of years would have uh, significant cap hits. Actually, I think uh, Ryan may only have two years left on his deal. I'm not sure about that. Um, but, but, but those are guys you could consider trading for because there's no quarterbacks in the free agent market that you're going to be interested in. Um, if you're looking for a number one wide receiver because uh, you couldn't re-sign Allen Robinson, um, I would think that, that the Texans are going to be forced to possibly look at a tag and trade on Will Fuller. Uh, you know, Sammy Watkins is, is, I don't know how the Chiefs get him under the cap, you know, so that's a player uh, that you might be able to get, although I don't know if Watkins is a one or a two. Um, if you're looking at the offensive line, um, uh, you know, I, I think they've got to get better at left tackle. Um, but as far as a trade possibility, I, I'm not sure I see one there unless the Jaguars want to consider a tag and trade on Cam Robinson, who's an interesting player. He's a pretty good player. I mean, I don't know that he's a franchise guy, but he'd be a big upgrade over Charles Leno. He's only 25 and, and you know, he's a former second round pick out of Alabama. So that's a name to keep an eye on. Uh, where else could the bears trade and get better? Um, you know, they need more pass rush, but there's nobody who immediately comes to mind there. I think the problem with the Bears being active, you know, trade partners on the buyer side, John, is their cap issues, you know, and um, there, there's only so much they can bring in. You, you just, you don't have, the, the trade market in the NFL has actually gotten much more interesting and, and, and much more active and much better in the last four, five, six years. 
but it still doesn't vaguely resemble what you see in the offseason of the other three major professional sports. There are just a lot more significant trades in baseball and the NBA, um, not quite as many as hockey, in hockey, but there are some than, than what you see in the NFL. So um, it's not a big part of what NFL teams do, uh, but it is, you know, it, it, as I said, it's become more popular. Uh, unfortunately, John, I don't know if I've been much help to you because I just I don't see that making a major impact on the Bears. As a matter of fact, um, you know, look around the league and, and tell me where big impacts have been made. In every case, it's where a team seemingly overpaid, but it turned out they knew what they were doing. The Jalen Ramsey trade for the Rams, uh, you know, cost him first round picks, but but he's one of the he is probably the best corner in football. The Jamal Adams trade with Seattle, they gave up a ton, but Adams, you know, when he was healthy, now he wasn't healthy for half the season, uh, so that certainly hurt there. The Minka Fitzpatrick trade, it's interesting that all three of these are DBs, uh, certainly worked out in Pittsburgh. Um, uh, then you look at, like, the Yannick Nagui trade uh, where the Vikings unloaded him. Uh, that worked out, you know, much better for, for Washington, but that's because they didn't have to give up much to get him. So we're going to take a very quick break here. On the other side, guys, we're going to talk some baseball. I love talking baseball with Bruce Levine. He is our senior baseball expert here at 670 to score. The Chicago White Sox have been active in free agency. Cubs have been active losing people in free agency. Uh, we will talk with Bruce about the latest with our two baseball teams in just a moment right here on The Score. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.